Previously on Newsbreak, Lotus FM. Celebrating 160 years since the arrival of Indians in South Africa on Newsbreak Talk. Yes, what a significant day it is today. It's the 1860 commemorations that kick off. Um, and uh, there was a prayer that started this morning. And we do know that Premier Sishle Zikalala is at the Mariaman Temple that's in Mount Edgecombe. And we're going to be speaking to our reporter in a little while to find out exactly what's going on there. He has unveiled a special monument. And uh, we want to know what is this monument that is there. It's paying tribute to lots of women and uh, all the women who, uh, the generations that followed after 1860 and it comprises of a lot of implements that were used uh, back in the day. Uh, There's a grinder, there's water pots, uh, there's uh, cooking implements as well. Only because those women actually fed other women and men and children who went on to work and become free Indians later on. So it was that catalyst for those women who helped other women and other families grow. And that's where we are today as powerhouses in economy and commerce, all because of indentured slave labor that came in 1860. A very good afternoon to you. This is Newsbreak Talk on Lotus FM with me, Salma Patel, and uh, Rachel Vardy is also with us. She's going to be taking your voice notes on the number 071-613-7803. It's the eve of the celebration or the commemoration of the arrival of the indentured labourers to South African shores. We do have a reporter who is at the uh, commemorations that are happening right now. But uh, first, we've got something from yesterday's talk show. I know that somebody wanted to know what Lloyd Paul was having for Diwali. So if you're sitting with your parcels right now, uh, finished with your shurbans in the yard and you're sitting with your parcels and uh, oh, I don't know what you were doing with those soji balls, but I was playing golf this morning. So <laughs> yes, we, we actually got a message from Lloyd to find out what, what he got up to. And here's Lloyd. Hello to everybody in Lotus Land. This is Lloyd Paul from the official tribe. Well, my weekend thus far has been a foodie festival of note. I got busy on the bride stand yesterday, so everything you can imagine went down onto the grill. From fish to marinated lamb ribs, chops, buffalo wings, steak, sausages. It was totally, totally awesome. Ended up with some s'mores on the skewer at the end of the braai. And of course, at a braai, you got to go for seconds. I have to be honest though, I actually went back for thirds at the braai. And totally loving sweet meats this weekend. I have a sweet tooth. So I've been indulging in a lot of sweet meats. I actually had some for breakfast this morning as well. So my breakfast has been a sweet meat breakfast. Later on this afternoon, uh, we're going to be preparing some Cornish curry on the fire at my friend's place. That's going to be totally, totally awesome. Looking forward to that Cornish curry on the outside fire with some roti. So that's the Sunday afternoon menu at the moment. And uh, hope everyone's having a great and safe weekend. That's fine. Totally enjoy. Do join me tomorrow afternoon, 3 to 6. We have an exclusive broadcast of the official drive coming to you live from the 1860 Heritage Centre. Till then, peeps, stay safe. God bless. 
Thank you very much, Lloyd. And you were telling me it's not called Cornish curry, is it, Rachel? I don't know what's Cornish curry. I know it as uh, live fowl curry. Live fowl. I know it as running fowl. Oh, but you know the running fowl, it's like dead, so it can't run anymore. <laughs> okay, enough on that. Let's uh, go back to our topic at hand. We're talking about the 1860 commemorations um, and how important it is to commemorate uh, these particular individuals who came on the ships, the Truro and the Belvedere to South Africa as indentured labourers, maybe to start a new life, but also they were catalysts and uh, that's the reason why we're here now, right now in South Africa. Uh, 071-613-7803. Are you a descendant of an 1860 settler or have you uh, spoken to someone or have come in touch with someone who was from those generations you can send us a voice note on 071-613-7803 family means being there for the ones you love giving them your time your love and of course food at spa we make that easier we have all the services you need to pay bills or send and receive money but more than that we have all your essentials and products you really love at great prices every day so you don't have to spend time running from one place to the next you can get it all done for less at spa spa we're here for you so you can be there for your family now we're going to kick off with something very controversial here on Newsbreak Talk. It's the talk of the monument. There was a proposal in uh, 2010 and that was when the 150 celebrations were actually um, um, going on around the country and there was a talk that there would be a monument erected at this site which is on uh, Durban's North Beach. And that's the site where um, the 1860 settlers or the first settlers had set foot on South African land. So that monument story has been going on now for the past 10 years. It's now 160 years uh, celebration. And we still want to know where that monument is. So uh, Rachel spoke to MEC Ravi Pillay. Rachel, and um, MEC is part of the... So what's happened is there's been very various interim committees uh, that have been spearheading the project uh, and MEC has been uh, appointed by the Premier Sishle Zikalala to get to the bottom of the answers, find out what's happening and he's the um, head of the interim committee that's been set up to actually get the monument built. Okay, so let's find out. Rachel spoke to MEC Ravi Pillay. Here's what he had to say. MEC Ravi Pillay, thank you so much for joining us on Newsbreak Talk. Now let's get straight into it. There has been some controversy around the 1860 monument. It's been 10 years since the first announcement was made. Where does it stand now? Yeah, look, well, the Premier, as you know, requested me in early October to get involved and try to get a new momentum going on the on the monument. The Premier had committed to it in his place of the problems address in earlier this year, but COVID-19, I think, basically disrupted any possibility of getting it done. So in going into it, I got into the history of it and spoke to all the stakeholders who had been involved, and we developed some kind of, um, what should I say, agreed uh, record of what had happened. And then I convened representatives from various organizations. I think the first meeting had about 22 invitees. And we formed a interim committee. And uh, so we discussed this and agreed that, look, uh, we're not going to be able to get the monument going by this year. And we would focus our events on a program, a 160-year program, uh, anniversary program for, for, for this particular year. 
And I think the you're probably aware of the number of events that are being held by community organizations, some in partnership with the Office of the Premier, uh, the main one being on Monday uh, with the 1860 Heritage Center, which is going to have a interfaith prayer at the proposed monument site in the morning and then proceed to the 1860 Heritage Center at Derby Street, where the Premier will view the exhibitions that have been prepared and then have a small COVID-19 compliant gathering program where the Premier will speak. Now, MEC, there was a time when a committee was formed and the Etikwini Municipality commissioned architects uh, and artists to get the ball rolling. What has happened to that? But coming back to the monument, we agree that the monument itself will have to be a work going forward. And we went into history, and, and I, without boring you with a long history, it seems that there was an effort, you know, about the matter going to Etikwini Municipality, and the Tigwini municipality had commissioned a fairly professional approach to it. There was a firm of architects that was appointed. They called for proposals. I had given to understand that about seven proposals were made. They were evaluated in the very professional lines. But there was a monuments committee at that time, which had been formed by the former Premier, Willis Kunu, from members of the community. So unfortunately, the members of, the, of that committee didn't agree with, with the proposal that came through to what form it should take. And it's a very interesting debate that is unfolded and I think is still unfolding. So in consultation with the new interim committee, it was agreed that there must be a process of consultation, much wider process of open consultation with the community. Uh, but because we are now uh, overwhelmed with the preparation for the 160 years, that process of consultation will start as soon as this 160 years program is over. Uh, and of course, I think the committee will want to go, go public with the kind of ideas that are being put forward. Uh, if I may try to summarize what is emerging, I think there's, there's a view that, look, it should be a, a, a monument or sculpture in a very traditional form, taking a, a sugarcane cutter with his wife and perhaps child and symbolizing labor of that particular period. The others who say, no, you know, public art is a, a very complex matter which must be up there with the 21st century, and they come with examples of things that are happening in other parts of the world, and the, the artists and so on are pushing that particular debate. I think there are yet others who say that, you know, there's no space for monuments in this day and age, and they talk about the, you know, free uh, Monuments, statues must fall, campaign, and they worry about it being risk of defacing and so on. Uh, and so we said, look, we're going to then put out these ideas into the public. The site is secured, you know, on the beachfront, the southern end of the promenade, just opposite the Ushara Marine. There's a nice piece of ground in between the two lanes as the promenade makes a U-turn, so to speak, at the southern end. So I think it's the concept that was a problem before and is still not resolved now, but we're going to push it into a public consultation process to try to resolve that as quickly as possible so that we can then go into the technical engineering side if the decision is in that particular direction. I think we committed to, the Premier rather is committed to having it done in time for next year. And we'd want the consultation process to be finished by 
latest February, so the concept is approved and can go into technical design and actual construction. That's where we are. Another burning point regarding the monument, MEC, is the budget. Now, there has been talks that there was 10 million rand set aside for the budget of the monument, and now talks are of about 4 million rand. What is the budget, and where is that budget coming from? When I was asked to by the Premier to go into it in, in October, I asked both the Office of the Premier, Arts and Culture, and the Treasury team to draw up a report on the historical or the history of the matter. The the report we got was that yes, look it was ten million for the entire program. That included the twenty ten hundred and fifty year program. And you will recall that there was the major event on the at the Moses Mobila People's Park, uh, which uh, on the report we estimated about two million rand was spent there. Then there was the decentralized programs in ten areas and the report is indicating an average of 300,000 was spent on each of those decentralized events, which is not merely the plaque. You know, it's an event which means you, on average, uh, some events had 1,000 people, so it was infrastructure, you know, 10 chairs, sound, stage, paying artists, and food was the average expenditure of that. So that, so 2 million for the 2010 major event, and then average of 300,000 for 10 events across the province to another 3 million, uh, some change. Then there was the Teguini expenditure because the Teguini, the matter was given to Teguini to implement and they commissioned the architect firm and the private artist submissions. And I think that cost came out to under, under 300,000 rand. So when the, the Premier's office made the decision to recall the balance of the funds from Teguini municipality, that was about 4.4 million rand. That would, that came back of that four million four hundred thousand. Uh, I think this year's programs expected to cost you about between two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand rand. So the balance that would be left over is just over four million rand for the actual monument, whatever form it takes. And do you think that will be enough for the building of the monument, or do you think more will be needed? After all, we are talking about downscaling from 10 million to 4 million. Well, I think we must be open-minded about it. I don't, I don't think that it was originally intended to have a 10 million rand monument. It was for the entire program of the 150 years, starting off with the 150 years. But I think uh, uh, the committee has already indicated it will be open-minded. You know, there is a view, that, um, a strong view, that especially in a time of, of COVID and the economic crisis, um, it would be extremely insensitive to spending be spending a large amount of money on a on a monument, uh, and then of course there's the idea of the living monument, uh, where people feel that you should be having should be running a permanent soup kitchen for the poor as the best uh, expression of uh, remembrance. Uh, there are others who feel that you should be, you know, revitalizing the the kind of um, active uh, interactive museums that you have. And then there are those who, you know, looking at the traditional monuments. So, so let's, let's wait and see how those debates unfold in consultation uh, with the public. And of course, that was MEC Ravi Pillay. Very interesting points that were brought up. What happened to that money? How it was used? 
how it was brought back from the municipality. It's now back into the Premier's office. And, uh, of course, the burning question, do we really need a monument of this nature? Um, especially since now there are monuments that are being defaced. Um, who really takes care of these monuments and who's going to look after them? Um, Rachel, you all were also telling me a little thing about the uh, Gandhi uh, monument in Pitimaritzburg. In Pitimaritzburg, yes. Uh, what's been happening, and Newsbreak has been reporting on it extensively, Every single time they replace the glasses that Gandhi... No, Gandhi's glasses. <clears throat> yeah. Yes, Gandhi's glasses. Every time that uh, they replace it, it goes missing. So the statue is up there. And in the statue, you have a pair of glasses that sits on his face. Yes. Because that's the image we have. Mm. And every single time that it's replaced, uh, that is replaced, mm. it gets stolen. So, you know, and there's this worldwide movement about um, statues that represent history yes. or the bad in history yes. that's actually being defaced. Yes, because you, you should know that the colonialists uh, were the ones who actually started indenture because it meant they would uh, lose less money if they... Um, previously, it was slavery that was around uh, during that time and uh, they were, would actually bring slaves and you, you would have to look after them. You'd have to pay for their hospital, you'd have to pay for their medication, their children, give them a barracks to stay in as well. But when it came to indenture, you could only give a person a certain contract for a limited time. After that, that person or that uh, indentured labourer was no longer your concern. They were left out in the cold. Uh, they wouldn't have the rations of, uh, what was it, dal, mealy meal, and, um, you know, a, a home in the barracks. They, you wouldn't have to pay them. So these sugar barons would actually make money and uh, make more money that way. And that was how the indenture laborers came down and decided to be free. But um, yeah, some very, very pertinent points they brought up by MEC Ravi Pillay. Thank you to Rachel Vardy for asking those difficult questions. So today we're asking you, do you really think there should be a monument paying tribute to the 1860 um, indentured laborers? Because after all, those were the laborers who came here. They were catalysts that actually built our economy. They built our uh, schools. They built our socioeconomic um, standing where we are today. So do we really need to pay tribute to them with a monument? After all, some monuments are being defaced in this day and age. And as we heard MEC Ravi Pillay telling us the honest truth in a very good interview, I'm even answering those hard uh, questions or difficult questions by Rachel Vardy, the money has been moved. It was moved to the Etiquini municipality um, and then that was put out to tender. There was supposed to be a design that was chosen and the architects chosen. But then it was moved back now and it is in the Premier's office from an amount of 10 million rand. Now there's only 4 million. Rachel, is that correct? Just the amount over is 4 million, yes, over the last 10 years. Thank yeah. you. So over the last 10 years, there's uh, started out as 10 million rand set aside for this particular, particular project, but now there's only 4 million, just over 4 million that is left. Um, and when asked and pushed by Rachel, MEC actually said that uh, the, the other money went to um, out to tender. They had to pay uh, for artists and, uh, you know, they had to pay for certain uh, celebrations. There was a celebration in 2010 and now there's celebrations now, so, uh, commemorations rather. So that money had to go there. So 
What do you think about the whole monument issue? Do you think we've been hard done by or do you think a monument, we shouldn't really have one? Maybe we should have something like a living museum or a, a legacy project. You can send us your WhatsApp voice note on 0716137803. Kogi Reddy, my good friend, we are going to play your voice note or your video uh, in a little while. But first, uh, this is Newsbreak Talk on Lotus FM. I would really like to hear what you have to say about the 1860 indentured laborers and the commemorations that uh, actually kick off today. DUT is one of the top five universities in South Africa, number 10 in the world for research citations and ranked in the top 500 universities on the planet. It's no wonder that DUT offers you a world-class, internationally recognized education. Applications for 2021 are now open, so apply via the Central Applications Office on cao.ac.za. Remember, applications close end November and closing dates may vary, so please apply today. Visit dut.ac.za. DUT. Envision 2030, improving lives and livelihoods. A treasure chest of journeys. From a temple in India. My great-grandfather brought the Murti and came in his veil. Seeds of time sowed to create new memories. Sam brought beans, Binda and so on. Because these other things were not available in South Africa. A legacy that stands the test of time. Join us on Newsbreak Talk this November as we trace the legacy of the 1860 indentured labourers to your roots. Newsbreak Talk every weekend at 12 noon with me, Taresh Hariprasad. Hey Bongani, did you hear the sheriff evicted Sipo from his house? I did, but you must understand that the sheriff won't just evict a person. There's a legal process that's followed. Oh, what is it? The lender will give a final warning. If you don't respond, their lawyers will get the sheriff to deliver a notice for you to appear in court and explain why you shouldn't be evicted. If the court rules against you, you will have to leave the property by a specific date. If you don't, then the court will order the sheriff to evict you. Brought to you by the South African Board for Sheriffs. It's exactly 27 minutes past 12. This is Newsbreak Talk on Lotus FM with me, Salma Patel and Rachel Vardy. Well, did you know that Mauritius has a special monument and a special museum that they've dedicated to the indentured laborers that have arrived there? And they celebrated 183 years it is today, uh, oh, this year at least, and it's called the Apravasi Gut. It's actually got um, um, original structures um, or, or broken down structures of the original um, uh, 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 ship where they had uh, or the original dock where the ship had docked and all the indentured laborers had come off that ship they were placed in quarantine um, you know tested for any uh, diseases or sicknesses or illnesses and those that were sick were put into a little hospital and the rest of them were actually sent to the areas uh, where they were needed or to the farms where they were needed for work. So do you think this paying tribute to the 1860 indentured uh, laborers is really necessary? Do we really need a monument? Do you know anyone who has been uh, a direct descendant of the 1860 indentured laborers? You can send us your WhatsApp voice notes on 07 1-613-7803. Kogi Reddy, I promised you, and uh, because you did such a lovely uh, video, we're going to play it today. And she says, Hi, Salma. Um, this is dedicated to my late dad uh, that had lived in Mount Edgecombe. Okay, let's have a listen. Family and friends, 
I am very happy to say that my late grandfather is from India and my dad used to sing songs when he lived in Mantichkon barracks. This song is dedicated to my late dad. Walking in the lovely garden, Motte Minachi, Thirmi Pata Power Kati Soravarandi. I am proud to say that my grandfather is from India and they came and worked very, very hard and today we celebrate 160 years of our forefathers. God Thank you very much for that, Kogi. And I really did love the singing. And uh, Kogi actually tells us that it is a song that uh, the forefathers used to sing when they had six-foot dance at the Mount at Mount Edgecombe. And she says she was about 11 when she learned the song from her late father. She says there are five brothers and five sisters. And uh, all their names came from India. Their grandfather from India. Uh, I'm very proud of my grandfather and salute to all our forefathers. Well, congratulations there, Kogi. You've got a direct lineage now. Uh, let's go quickly to another voice note I've got from Salvin. Good afternoon, Salvin. Hi, good afternoon, everyone, the Lotus team and listeners. Well, with regard, and Dr. Pillay, with regards to the monument, I think they should go ahead and fix up and get the monument done because uh, people like Malema, they have a poor memory. They forget the contribution that the Indian indentured laborers made to the country. So whenever our, we are gone and our forefathers are already gone, the younger generation will remember the contributory efforts of the various race groups, particularly the indentured Indians, by looking at the monuments. Like you have the many, many millions of rands and rupees spent on the lovely temples in India and the old world remembers it. So likewise, they should have the monument. These guys need to remember. The only way to remember is with a monument. Thank you. Thank you very much there, Selvin. And remember that number, you can contact us 071-613-7803. Well, we did speak about the museum and Rachel is telling me that uh, there is a museum that is dedicated to the 1860 uh Indian indentured laborers that came to South Africa and it's uh, not a living museum but it's it's a, a very historic museum there are lot of, lots of um, trails that you can go through and, and find out and trace the history of, of how and where uh, the South Africans are right now, the descendants how they came here, what kind of jewellery they wore, what kind of uh, um, you know things they brought with them I remember a talk show that Tarej Hariprashad did a few weeks back talking about the seeds uh, Zuleika Mayat actually mentioned the seeds that uh, she had to bring from India <laughs> or her grandmother had brought from India because those particular plants were not here in South Africa the avarka, the pitanka, the katrika, all those vegetables and sorry Rachel that's Tamil but um, yeah all those vegetables that were not here, the bitter gourd, yeah, I think that's the English word for it, uh, bitter gourd, popo as well, or papaya, or the type of popo that we eat was not here in South Africa at the time. Uh, so you can send us your voice note, 0716137803. Do you think a monument is really necessary to pay tribute to the 1860 indentured laborers, or do you think that there needs to be something like a living monument, something where our children can go and visit and uh, learn from, like the 1860? Heritage Centre and chairperson of the board uh, of the 1860 Heritage Centre is Krish Gokul.
Gokul. And he tells us a bit about that story regarding the monument. Well, at the moment, the 1860 Heritage Centre in Derby Street cover as much as possible in the museum that would pertain to the 160 year of Indians in this country. And remember, we did not come just in isolation. Something had to happen before we came and after we arrived. Now, Mr. Gokul, it's 160 years since the Indian indentured labourer has come to South Africa and the museum and the Heritage Centre has been set up for quite a few years. What are the plans for the museum going into the future? So all that has to be also reflected in that particular museum. And we're looking at, uh, you know, completing the content and then maybe look at the technologies that exist and how best we can then, a person sitting in Australia, Perth or anywhere, can call up the museum and look at certain sections of the museum. And, you know, all that kind of technology needs to be used. And do you think collecting this rich history is something that South Africans have actually placed an importance on? To many, many people in the community, it does not mean very much. Unfortunately, we did not in the past, before we became independent, uh, we did not push for the education to be done for everyone in this country of the contribution of Indians. And, you know, that's history now. We don't want to go back there. We need to see how best we can make people be interested in this. Because I could tell you, I've got grandchildren and all. You know, they got this little instrument with them and they think that's everything. That's the answer to everything. So they don't need to know much more what we... So we have to do something that's going to really draw their attention onto the center and to the museum. You know, we have lovely stories in our community, nice stories on how best we can get this across to the people and then have groups of people every month we pay tribute to the medical profession or to the legal profession, education, educators. And there's been many, many different welfare people who did charity and welfare and all sorts of things. So we, we, we need to have maybe months dedicated to those kind of things and bring the people in and, and just inculcate some, some pride in being a descendant of the 1860 uh, indentured laborers and who came after that. Okay, we seem to be having a bit of a technical issue right now, but uh, you can still send us your voice notes on 071-613-7803. That number again, 071-613-7803. We just lost the interview there with Krish Gokul, who is the chairperson of the 1860 Heritage Centre. But some pertinent issues that he did bring up is that the 1860 Heritage Centre is like a living monument. It uh, has a lot of stories, or there are a lot of stories within the community that needs to be told. And uh, as you heard uh, Kogi telling us about her grandfather, who, who actually did the six-foot dance at the Mount Edgecombe Temple all those years ago in 1860, well, 
and and taught her those songs. And he actually came from India as an indentured laborer, so a direct descendant there. Are you a direct descendant of an 1860 uh, indentured laborer? Well, you can send me your voice note on 0716137803. Got uh, a lot of messages coming in, so let me get through them quickly. Uh, Danji says, if this monument is being talked about from 2010, I think the ANC is not interested in Indians and social cohesion. To say that there's no budget is a lie. Those that damage statues and monuments are evil and racist. I don't believe anything that Ravi says because he's from the ANC. It's a disgrace to say we are living in a democratic country. Um, he says, Salma, from 10 million to 4 million. It's unbelievable. Um, Ravi should just say that the money got stolen by the ANC. No, that's not what happened. It's a shame the ruling party have no respect for the indentured Indians. This includes the Indians in, in the ANC because we are not moving forward as a democratic country. Hmm. Well, that. thank you for your opinion. Is that how you really feel? That uh, nobody is actually paying tribute to the 1860 indentured Indians and uh, that we really need to have something like this um, um, you know, paying tribute to that. Anonymous says, Vanakam Salma and Rachel, Vanakam Anonymous, the Mahatma Gandhi glasses always goes missing. Yes, that's true. Uh, in Stanga area as well. Oh, safe travels, girls. Well, that's uh, something we need to look at. Hey, and we need to find out why do those glasses keep go- going missing? I know on the Victoria Embankment here in Durban, there is a statue of Dick King that always gets vandalized. And, uh, you know, if a monument like that is put up, would you really want that monument? to get vandalized? I mean, we're hearing about the Gandhi statues now. So, is it that rife? You know, and it makes me wonder, is the uh, Gandhi glasses on the statue some sort of... Um What's the word? Like like a keepsake. People want to, I know, you know, it's like something that you want to keep as a memory. Is it that special that you will go missing? I didn't even think of that. I just thought that it was naughty people that wanted to deface the statue. Thaggy Virana, I hope I'm saying your name right, says, Good day. 1860 Monument. Excellent topic. Tomorrow we should be looking forward to walking into the history books of unveiling this great monument. We should not be hearing any more excuses that have gotten stale over the past 10 years. Thank you to our forefathers who've hailed from India for this illustrious path, we as Indians in South Africa have been able to make a mark in this land, South Africa. Mrs. Kiston says, thanks for an awesome weekend about our great heritage. We must erect a monument for our great memories, especially our education and solid lifestyle. Hmm, thank you very much for your opinions coming through on the WhatsApp line 071 I'm looking for your voice notes because I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, Roy Singh is with us. Good afternoon. Roy? Salma Patel. I'm very proud to say that we belong to the third generation of the 1860 slaves that came to this country and walked tirelessly onto the planting sugarcane, etc. And today they have set a solid foundation for each and every one of us to work from. The State of the Nation addressed by our president was also an insult to our community. Uh, none of the politicians ever bothered to greet or wish the Indian community for the Deepavali celebration. Here they do it for other things. Uh, this is Roy Singh from Stang and Thank you. 
Thank you very much for that, Roy. What a proud heritage you have. Hey, your third generation from uh, the 1860 legacy, Rachel. It's simply, simply amazing. And it makes me wonder what generation I am. And I'm actually, we were actually, both of us were sitting and saying, hmm, what generation are we? So do we calculate it based on who was born in South Africa? Because my great-grandparents came through, but they were not born. No, you, you uh, calculate it from the per- person that came to South Africa. Oh, my God. So if it's your great-grandparents that were here, you would be fourth generation. Fourth generation. And uh, I worked it out. It was my granddad, then my dad, then myself. Then I'm third generation. Amazing. Patel that is here in South Africa. Send us your history, your links to 1860. I want to hear your stories. You know, I like stories. 071-613-7803. We heard about the monument and the 1860 commemorations and the 1860 monument. We're getting a trend or picking up a trend now that a lot of people actually want a monument. So there is an 1860 Heritage Centre and uh, lots of WhatsApps coming through saying, no, we should have a monument uh, that we actually pay tribute to uh, the Indian indentured labourers. But what about this? There's been little progress to incorporate the story of Indian indentured labour into history syllabus at all schools. Now, according to the 1860 Indentured Labourers Forums, Anand J. Raj, the Department of Basic Education is still in the process of finalising the project. This follows the department's response last year that they had to set up a task team to incorporate the history of indentured labourers into the school curriculum for grades 4 to 12. Jairaj explains why this inclusion in in the school syllabus is so sorely needed. I don't want to misquote, so I'll actually quote what they replied to me. He says, you are pleased to inform you that the Minister of Basic Education, Mrs. A. M. Monshecha, MP, has appointed a ministerial task team that will review the history curriculum in grades 4 to 12. The task team has been provided with terms of reference on curriculum development. And once the task team has completed the review, the revised history curriculum will be published with the aim of obtaining comments from the public. But that is essentially the situation which we, I was advised of in June uh, 2019 in response to my application in April last year. But now, as it stands now, where is it? Has the task team managed to get this feedback and is there any movement on the request? We waited, we knew, we knew that uh, it's going to take a little while, but in the meantime, COVID has set in. But I did send an email recently to the uh, Department of um, uh, Education and I just told them to facilitate reference. I sent them my initial letter and uh, their reply as well. And I uh, requested them if they could furnish me with the name and contact details of the person on the ministerial task team with whom I could communicate in order to keep abreast of developments and obtain advice on what further should be done in pursuance of that initiative. Then they did respond to me recently and they say, unfortunately, we are not at liberty to disclose such details as requested in your email. But please note that your input has been submitted to the team. And, in, and they go on to say that there will be a public comment process once the curriculum is developed, where you can make further recommendations if required. And I said, I can confirm that the team is still busy with internal processes and have not finalized any curriculum. So that's why the situation is terrific as as at, at the moment is a bit fluid, but I think it's important upon us and the community to be vigilant and see when the advert is going to go out to the public, inviting comments and maybe submissions as well.
Are you satisfied with the response, Mr. Jairaj? Do you think that there needs to be a bit more of a movement with regard to this? I mean, this is currently the 160th year anniversary of commemorations. I think it's important that we motivate further and try to, you know, the process, and I hope that the authorities receptive to whatever we are doing, the plea that are, we are placing before them, and you know, highlight the importance of it. There's so much still to learn for us. We are just scratching the surface here, Tarek. And I hope, with the help of uh, the media like the Lotus uh, FM and others, that we'll be able to succeed with this particular initiative. It's 160 years, and you've been quite instrumental in cultivating and curating the legacy of the 1860 people. You know, this. Year specifically, how close is this movement to your heart, taking into account that it's 160 years? Of course, it's always been, this topic has always been close to my heart, and I'm particularly pleased that this year there's, there's been an upswell, there's an upsurge of interest. There are more people participating now. There's so much of information that has been honored. Even I myself am, you know, I'm, I'm impressed at the way that people are doing research and, uh, and, and digging up information. The history of indenture is an integral part of the overall history of South Africa. It not, 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 must not be seen as a separate thing, separate entity. It is part and parcel of every facet of our lives in this country. There you go. No truer words have been spoken. That was 1860 Indentured Labourers Forum's Anand Jairaj talking to Newsbreak Staresh Hari Prashad. Yes, we are part and parcel of South African history. Just like we learnt about Rachel De Beer when we were in Class 2, I think it was, or Standard 1. Now you know how old I am. Um, we should have that kind of history in our syllabus, uh, in the curriculum right now. Our children should be learning this in history. Uh, the 1860 indentured laborers, how they came. When we learnt about the uh, Dutch East India Company and the, the slavery that turned into indentured labor, um, our children should know how those people that came to South Africa actually struggled to build a better life for themselves. And uh, in the end, yeah, we're enjoying the fruits of their labor, literally and figuratively. That number, you can send us your WhatsApp voice notes, 0716137803. We're going to go through some messages right now. Um, Rachel, if you can take us to those voice notes. Uh, okay, go. Daniel Joshua Chalden. My viewpoint is the Indian laborers that came in, they built this country. They didn't destroy this country. So I believe there should be a monument. If they got money to build up all the ANC monuments and statues that's coming up now, they've got money to build that and remove all the previous ones and build new statues. Why haven't they got money for the Indians? This seems to be biased. Thank you and God bless you. This is my personal opinion. Well, the views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not necessarily represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM. Thank you very much for your opinion there, DJC. And uh, I'm glad that you could spend some time with us this afternoon. Ramba, good afternoon, Ramba. Hi, good afternoon, Justine. This is Ramba Nagia from Woodview. i like to know my grandfather that saved the lives in the Amgeni flood, and they were promised a monument built in Amgeni. Nothing got done. But I thank Rajbansi, the hero that brought us out from Finland and gave us house to stay in Chatsworth and named the school in, in Shalkros, the Paravatan school. So we are still waiting for the monument to be built in Amgeni Road. The lives that were saved was 175 lives and they carried the certificate, the walking stick 
And the book is named after them, The Legends of the Tide. Thank you, News Team, for what you all are doing to bring the 1860 settlers' history out today. But I like the schools to bring this history out to our grandchildren today for them to learn about what their great-grandfather has done. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, Ramba. Well, there you go. Someone who is very passionate about having this uh, actually in the schools and so that our children can actually learn about the 1860 indentured labourers and what they did in our country, how they came here in search of a better life, how they were treated. I do know that in the beginning there were lots and lots of suicides. There were women who actually stood up and uh, were so forthright and, and, and you know fought for freedom and uh, democracy as well. And settlers and, and uh, descendants of those 1860 indentured labourers actually added to the anti-apartheid fight here in South Africa. And they were pivotal in the fight against apartheid. But uh, unfortunately, like Salvin says, some people have short memories and they just don't remember that. So do you think it's important for this to be in our schools, to be in the curriculum so that people know uh, what the 1860 uh, indentured laborers and their descendants have done to uh, actually build and create a better South Africa? Good friend of ours, Jonathan Annapin, send us a voice note. Good afternoon, Jonathan. Good afternoon, Rachel and uh, Salma and the listeners of Newsbreak Lotus FM. Uh, thank you for the show. Thank you for putting this together. I think it's an important discussion that we must have, especially around this time as we commemorate the arrival of the first uh, Indians, uh, persons of Indian origin who came here to South Africa. I'm particularly interested in the uh, discussion around the monument. I think that we're taking far too long to get this off the ground. When I served in council, uh, I had taken up this matter when it was with the Itaquinia municipality. We've spent uh, a substantial amount in excess of millions to try and get uh, sculptures and drawings together. And I think we're wasting money. We're wasting uh, taxpayers' money on this. And I think that the longer we take, we're showing a complete uh, level of disregard to persons of in indenture, uh, people who come from indentured stock, we really need to uh, get the ball rolling and get this monument out. We've wasted 10 years now in trying to get this uh, off the ground, and uh, I think 10 years is far too long. There should not be any more uh, discussion. I think we've had 10 years to get participation from public. Now it's time to make sure that we honor the hard work and the legacy of those who came uh, here 160 years ago and contributed so much to the economy and to the democracy that we have. Uh, this is Jonathan Annapin for the IFP in Phoenix. Thank you very much for that, Jonathan. Uh, that number, 0716137803. I do have in studio our reporter, Nonkululeko Hlope, who attended uh, the prayer service this morning where uh, Premier Sishle Zikalala delivered a keynote address. Uh, Nonku, good afternoon and welcome to Newsbreak Talk. Thank you, Salma. Okay, so tell us what exactly happened today. Um, today, it was one of those beautiful days where you see um, you know, various people you know, attending a, a, a praying se- session to kick off the celebration of uh, the uh, 160 years of existence of the endangered laborers. Um, it, it kicked off with that uh, praying ceremony. So when the premier arrived, he had, um, you know, kind of like a tour into the temple and then he was shown around and also they also um, kind of like uh, opened a monument to honor all the women, um, you know, who are part of building the nation uh, since uh, 1860. Uh, you know, that monument is kind of like one of those um, kind because in it they are utensils that women back then were using, you know, to prepare food for their families. So it, it, it was indeed a beautiful day. What was the key takeaway from uh, President, uh, or oh, from Premier's speech rather, Premier Sishle Zikalala's speech? 
Um, you know, some of the takeaway notes were including, you know, how, um, you know, coming together of communities, um, you know, um, helping, um, you know, each other. He noted that um, the endangered, um, you know, laborers came as um, um, slaves, if we were to use that word. However, um, you know, if you look to the now generation, they are part of businesses. They've established, um, you know, businesses in the province and also in the country, saying that, um, you know, when communities are coming together, they are able to produce what can, um, you know, not assist only their families, you know, because some of the businesses have been handed over to generations from generations. So he says those businesses, they also kind of like open up uh, employment opportunities for, for uh, uh, people around them. Okay, Leko, we won't keep you, but thank you very much for spending some time with us. And Leko will be covering that story, so she will be bringing us uh, sound bites in our news bulletin, so you can stay tuned for that. Let's go to our next message we have. It's uh, Shani. Hi, Salma and Rachel. This is Shani Rabichan. I definitely think that the 1860 indentured laborers paved the way for us as Indians. Although it was a hard struggle over the decades to be heard and known, it finally happened. In my opinion, a monument is definitely a good idea. It will go down as history for years to come, more especially for the generations. Thank you. Thank you, Shani. Remember that you, we still have time for you to send us those voice notes. 0716137803. Now, I've got a little tidbit of information for you here. And uh, it's something about an 1860 link to a monument or a shrine that still stands today. You can stay tuned for a special report by Rachel Vardy on the Badsha Pir link from slave to saint. And let's give you a little snippet of what that's all about. In 1895, the Sufi of Riverside arrived in South Africa to locate the shrine of Hazrat Basha Peer, which is down the road from the mosque. Hazrat Basha Peer was one of the indentured laborers that came in 1860, and he was asked to be relieved of his position and whether he wanted to go back to India. But he then sought accommodation at the rear of the mosque, which was part of the property of the mosque. And Mr. Ahmad Mashapi, that is known as Hazrat Mashapi, stayed there, and in 1894, he passed on. So Sufi Sad came in 1895 to locate his grave. Well, there you have it. Uh, Basha Peer was an original indentured laborer that came on the ship and he landed here in South Africa. And you know, when I put the post up on Facebook, there were so many people of all races and religions who told me, yes, uh, I do go to Basha Peer. I was taken there when I was a little child. Um, Rachel's telling me we've got a lot of messages coming through. So that uh, special uh, um, feature by Rachel Vardy on the Basha Peer link from slave to saint will be played uh, sometime this week. Let's uh, pay some bills and then we're going to go to uh, your voice notes. Family means being there for the ones you love. Giving them your time, your love and of course food. At Spa we make that easier. We have all the services you need to pay bills or send and receive money. But more than that, we have all your essentials and products you really love at great prices every day. So you don't have to spend time running from one place to the next. You can get it all done for less at Spa. Spa, we're here for you so you can be there for your family. Lotus FM, celebrating our heritage. 
We salute the 1860 settlers of all denominations who left the motherland India and sailed the stormy seas and ventured into unknown territory to seek a better life for themselves and their loved ones. Punazim Hazrat ki qurbani zindagi bhar yaad rahegi aur mohabbaton ka jo parcham inhone lehrai thi inshallah ta qiyamah tak urta rahega. opportunity For me, a monument is neither here nor there. But I think the British should pay for this monument. After all, that's where it all began. The abuse, etc., etc. Thank you. Lovely point there, Anonymous. But you should have told me your name. I would like to hear who you are. Rachel has another message uh, coming through. Good afternoon. This is Newsbreak Talk. Hi, Salma. This is DJ Chalan. I am the fourth generation from the 1860 Chalan, uh, 1860 uh, settlers. My dad, the late Mr. Muttalingham Chalan, carried the culture forth from my great-grandfather and to his children, grand, and now it goes to the nephews, nieces, and great-grandchildren. My father started the fur when we moved from magazine barracks and he went into Chatsworth. He started a Tamil school in our two-bedroom house. He had three classrooms where my mother taught, my dad taught, and my granny. And we had great people that came out from there, people such as Marla Lachman and Rosie Govender. And to start with, we have also moved from this country with the culture to Australia and Canada. Amazing, amazing. These are the kind of stories that actually make me misty-eyed right now. Send us your voice notes, Rachel. We've got Ian Govender as well. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Salma Patel. My father was five years old when he arrived in South Africa on 19th February 1907. He came with his parents and two sisters from Pura Subakam in Chennai. Despite our poverty, my siblings and I made progress in the field of education. In matric, my eldest brother achieved distinctions in 1952 whilst winning the nationwide Green Cross essay competition, which was judged the best in the country. Amazing. You see that, Rachel? There were people who, who definitely made good uh, uh, inroads here in South Africa and contributions to South Africa. And to think Mr. Govender is like first generation born. Hmm. That is simply amazing. A treasure trove of t- uh, stories. Let's play another voice note now. Good afternoon, Salma. This is Anusha Pillay from Peace Mavitsburg. Hi, Anusha. Although a monument to um, commemorate the uh, indentured labors and our history would be beautiful, I think in this day and age, perhaps it's not really necessary. I think what um, our children and the future generations will need is more information so that they can access it. And while we're starting now with, you know, the normal pictures and photographs kind of thing, in the future, 
future it will become more technologically advanced in terms of the presentations of all of these kinds of things uh, the the memorabilia the people the clothes the videos etc all of that could be compiled to be more technologically advanced well that is such a good voice note that you sent us to uh, through but unfortunately we have run out of time thank you very much to the team that's Tarish Hari Prashad and Rachel Vardy um i thank you so much for all your input hafsa is standing with uh, standing by with news at 1:00 from me salma have a great day in the company of lotus fm news break lotus fm powered by sabc news